Hello, and welcome to Science Unscripted. It's Connor here. Yeah, Connor, you're a little soft-spoken. Yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're physically back in the office, in the studio, following in an infection? In an infection? Following an infection, An yeah. infection? So I have just gone through my, my reinfection, my second, second COVID infection, or the second one that I'm aware of at this point. The way this works in Germany, the way it worked for me, was that uh, it was on a Wednesday afternoon that I was pretty certain I was coming down with, uh, with a COVID infection. And uh, by Thursday morning, the way healthcare, the way, the way your health insurance works here in Germany, is I called up my local doctor's office, my local GP, and said, look, my daughter's positive. I'm pretty sure I'm positive. And that phone call was enough for them to say, Mr. Dillon, Herr Dillon, um, we're going to write you off from work for the next two days, meaning Thursday and Friday. You don't have to go to work. That's Please. specific to COVID or is that specific Anytime. to any viral infection? Any, that you any t well, in this case, specific to COVID in the sense that I didn't have to go into the doctor's office for them to confirm that I was actually sick. They don't want you there, right? Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so I got written off and then the COVID, COVID infection was, was officially confirmed kind of Thursday night, Friday morning, and then went through the weekend. And on Monday, I was still positive. I tested myself, called up again. They mm -hmm. said, Mr. Dillon, okay, you are now written off from work from Monday through Wednesday. Please send someone to pick up this little piece of paper that documents everything. Yeah, but you're, you don't go into work. In fact, you're, you're, you're legally not allowed to go to work. That is how things work in Germany. Typically, if it's not COVID, if you're feeling sick, um, you go to the doctor and the doctor takes a look at you, make sure you are actually sick, that you're not faking it. You're just trying to get out of work. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, to be honest, that's kind of annoying because you are sick. You're feeling like crap. You wake up and you, God, I, I should go. I would love to go to work. I can't go into work today. And then you have to go to the doctor's office, sit in the waiting room in pain and wait for a doctor to say, yes, you are sick. But then the benefit. Because without that note that you got from the doctor, you couldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't be excused from work? You wouldn't be excused from work and you wouldn't have paid sick leave. You need that doctor's note. And that's the topic for today. This is something that Germans take as uh, one of those self-evident truths that all humans in every country have paid sick leave, an unlimited amount of it, because how could you possibly know how long you're going to be sick for? Yeah. You cannot control that. And it's one of the most shocking things Germans have ever heard that in the country that you and I both come from, Gabe. That yeah, is the country that we spring from. There is no federal what rule, no federal law, no fe forcing that or making it even possible. Correct. And at this point, uh, I think seventeen of the fifty states, you are allowed to get paid sick leave, and the other ones, I you can't. You, you, it's against the law. There is a study that came out in February that was trying to figure out exactly whether whether there is a case to be made for. Uh, for paid sick leave. And w what they mean by that is obviously, you know, at the personal level, I think anyone listening to this who's an employee and not an employer would probably agree that if people are sick, they shouldn't be working and that that includes themselves, right? And that it's a good thing for most people. Yeah. But the question is, is there an employer-based case? Could you look, could you zoom out and say, look, it is actually better for companies and for all of us in general therefore kind of at the societal level to say that paid sick leave is a good thing and so what, what, what is what is the question is it good for business fundamentally the question is is it is that is paid sick leave bad for business bad for business is, is it a systematic review and this was published in february in the american journal of industrial medicine and to be perfectly clear they're not 
Part of the reason the answer is a bit complex is they weren't conducting their own study here. They were looking, it's a, it's a meta review. It's studies that have already been done. Between the year 2000 and the year 2022, mm -hmm. there are 2,500 plus candidate studies that they reviewed and they narrowed those down to 43 that actually kind of fit the parameters of what they were trying to answer. Presenteeism, I don't know if you've ever heard that term. It was new to me. Presenteeism is the idea, and I think a lot of Americans and North Americans will be familiar with this, the idea that you are sick and you know it and you work right through it. That is presenteeism. You're you just go anyways. You just go and you fight right through it, right? Because that's the good employee's tactic. That's the good thing to do. One of the studies comes from my home, home state. It was the passage of a, of a paid sick leave directive in Washington state. And the share of workers that reported that they were working while sick dropped by 8% just as a result of that directive. So basically one in every 12 and a half people mm. was uh, working, I guess, less sick or less likely to go to the office. Another one from Olive Garden, a, uh, a chain. The Olive Garden? <laughs> yes. Another study from Olive Garden. <laughs> they uh, did their own study? I don't believe they would have conducted this particular study. A famous semi-Italian chain known for its... Uh, what, the Tour of Italy. That's what I always got when I got there. You got uh, different kinds of pasta, different kinds of meat. Different kinds of sauce. Why visit the country when you can <laughs> visit it culinarily at the Olive Garden? No, I, I always knew them for their, um, I think, unlimited breadsticks. You could just keep, oh. you could fill up on breadsticks, basically. Anyway, so they had, uh, when they offered PSL, paid sick leave, yeah. they had a 15% reduction in presenteeism. And of course, if you're somebody eating at this restaurant, that's a good thing. You don't want sick people handing you your food or taking your order. Yeah. Uh, that is pretty significant. On average, though, and here's what I found kind of surprising. Again, these are all U.S.-based studies. You would imagine that, okay, they offer paid sick leave. What are people going to do? Of course you're not going to go to work. Yeah, you hang out at home. You just do it, right? That's, that's always the fear, and that's part of the discussion, is that all of these people are going to misuse and abuse this system and take advantage of well, it. that and is the question, right? So on average, and there were multiple studies. In fact, 10 studies show, did show that more people missed more work. Seven did not establish a significant relationship between PSL and worker absence. And on average, unless I've missed one of the studies that they were referencing, the average number of days more that people missed once they had paid sick leave was between 0.8 and 1.5. Hmm. Not much. So that might be a, a work-centric, U.S.-specific attitude that it didn't really factor in that much. Gabe, I think you and I have both noticed that here in Germany, it doesn't take much for a salaried German worker to say, look, I'm, I'm not coming in today. I'm, I, don't, I don't want to infect anyone. It, the threshold seems to be lower. People are familiar with that idea here. People don't judge it as harshly. And in fact, they're happy a lot of times that you're not coming in and potentially infecting them. No, yeah, that's totally normal. That's the way it is here. That is the way it is. So... People here don't know anything differently. The question would be, how do we see it? Because I guess we know both worlds. I, I see it as, I, I guess you and I have both been here long enough. I've become more German. It seems, you turned German, didn't you? Yeah, you've gone, you've gone German. No, um, first of all, the, 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 the concept makes more sense. If you're not healthy... The priority is to get you healthy first. That, that's the framework. That's how, that's how it's perceived here. The doctor's office comes before your other office. If the doctor's office says, stay home for five days, you are a fool for running into the office. You shouldn't. That seems to be the perception here, and that 
seems to make more sense over the long run. And uh, the last part of the study is, again, from a company's perspective, okay, your workers are getting an extra day and a half off work. That's not good for me. You know, I'm running the company and I'm losing that work. Well, is that the case? And it's not necessarily the case that companies are losing money over the long term. First of all, you've got reduction in contagion. So, Gabe, if you come in sick and work through your illness as part of this presenteeism, you infect me, you infect others, and not everyone is going to, you know, keep on working through it. And what they, various studies here, but one of them showed that influenza-like illnesses, common term when you read these studies, yeah. that they were lowered by 6 to 7% following a, one of these mandates up to 11% in states that pass these kinds of laws. And there's one specific batch of data spe- uh, just about corona and that in the two months after this Families First Coronavirus Response Act was implemented, that there was a 56% drop in new infections. And so again, if you flip that to the perspective of, the, of, of a company, do you lose some days because some workers are gone? Yes, but if the, if the total reduction you know, in the extreme example of Corona, it's 56%, you're probably better off in total. Yeah, of course. So it, it, it's, it's a really, really hard question to ask. Is it bad for business? But yeah, I guess you're going to have to pay money to for people who aren't there. But then do you want that amount of disease, that amount of sickness and, at your company? This doesn't really fit into the argument. I just, I just thought it was crazy. Um, other stats, an increase in paid sick leave associated with a 0.2% decrease in the likelihood of homicide. Hmm. Right? So fewer people are, what, sick and angry and <laughs> killing each Sorry other? Yeah, 0.4% yeah, reduction in alcohol deaths in women. That 0.4% in alcohol deaths, that's significant. 0.1% of suicide deaths in men removed by having paid sick leave. I mean, these are some of the knock-on effects that you don't really necessarily think of. So it's almost like the further you zoom in, it looks like it's financially painful, right, from the perspective of an individual company because you lose a day and a half of of your worker being there. The further you zoom out, there are fewer illnesses, there's more employee presence, you retain employees for longer, and they are happier, healthier. There's this whole section on people who work in really uh, physically demanding jobs, not having nearly as many injuries as a result of this because they can actually heal probably from some of the previous ones. Um, And then what the authors don't even try to do uh, they, the furthest they zoom out is to look at how this affects companies. If you if you go even further out, um, talk about burnout, mental health, um, some of these healthcare costs that come later as a result of overwork. And there seems to be, I was going to say a clear argument. It's not necessarily clear, a patchwork argument that paid sick leave um, saves everyone money and makes everyone happier and healthier in the long run. That's what these authors, they don't quite come out and say that because they only have these 43 studies to really work with. Uh, But what they are are saying is nobody has tried to figure that out. And it is a really big, complex question with a lot of moving parts. But if there's an argument that shows companies they're going to save money, uh, that's a good first step on getting, you know, in terms of getting change. Change, yeah. And um, that that's a hard, really hard question that you were that you dove into there, Connor. The the study that we're gonna pick up next, or that that I'm gonna talk about, or that we're gonna talk about here, is pretty easy. That if with your partner, like let's say you and I were were partners, well, we are partners in some senses. It, it, we we would have a lot more satisfaction in our partnership if we spoke about us as 
we. Instead of looking at each other as uh, individual eyes in this um, the thing we do. To be fair, I, I was just trying to imagine how I talk about us with others. And I, I do, th- I, I think it's we. Yeah. We're going Gabe, as a team. Yeah, Gabe and I. I think Gabe and I is how I usually phrase it. Well, maybe that's that. That's a reflection of us being satisfied with this unit or this thing that we're doing, because if if you don't in a in a in a relationship, in, in a marital relationship, if you speak about yourself as, um, or as, if you if you look at it as as you in this relationship instead of being, looking at it as we, as a team, you're less satisfied. That's a study out of out of Concordia University in in uh, in Canada in, in Montreal, Canada. They were looking at the concept of marital harmony and how it's better to yeah speak about your your yourself as we your marriage as we. It's called we talk. We talk. Have you ever confronted people who do that? Like we're pregnant. That's we're the, doing that's... this. We're going to a movie. On That's, the weekend, it's the, uh, the, the, we're going through a, a rough patch. The we're pregnant is the one that jumps out to me immediately because um, it took a while to get used to that one, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. The, the, the idea that uh, biologically that can't possibly be true, but yet at the, at the social relationship level, it is obviously true. You're both, you're both going through this, but in very different ways, but you're both going through it. Well, the, 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 at Concordia University, they, they, they did an experiment. They looked into whether... Uh, we talk was good, and and it's it most certainly is. They they had um, seventy seven heteros- heterosexual couples. That must be said. It's a caveat. Um, and these couples all had a kid under the age of seven. I think that's an important thing because that hmm. was that that is the stressor. They tried, and, and when you said to go through something, like there's nothing worse. And more beautiful to go through than to have a, a, a child with, with, uh, with another human being. I don't know right? if I've seen any studies on it, but that has to be the point at which most couples who've had children would say was the most challenging period for their relationship. Right. I, would, I would go out on a right. limb and say that without any data to support yeah. it. Yeah. And as part, as part of the experiment, they had couples talk to each other about uh, that kid about that stress that they're going through, and they analyzed them. They, they, okay. Because this was done in, in, in Montreal, they, they did it in French and English, and they had a tool to analyze uh, how those people, or you know, how those couples talked to each other. Wait, real quick though, that, that answers a question that, I, that was building in the back of my mind, which was observational or experimental in mm-hmm. that sense, because it, you can observe couples who successfully do that, and yeah, a uh, uh, causationally or correlationally they're doing better off in the relationship or you can force them (laughs) to begin doing that 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 would be my real question if you force people to start using that language does it have like a a propaganda effect on themselves the important part about okay so they so they were observing these couples they were watching them these 77 couples and i think the important part about this study was that it was done longitudinally Hmm. right so ah okay uh, at the uh, the at the point of origin, and then six months later, and then a year later, and they looked at over time how are these relationships doing. So that that was a way to compare the seventy seven relationships, and the ones who uh, using this um, analytical tool, they analyzed exactly what was said, and the ones who referred to themselves as we when talking about their kid, about the stress, were way more satisfied than the ones who didn't refer to themselves as we or refer to themselves as we less 
So the hmm. more you referred to yourself as a team, um, bringing up this kid or, or or being part of this team, the better off you were. And also over time, not just um, how happy you were using this survey, but how your relationship changed over time. And the ones who referred to it as a as a we did the we talking were happier and happier and happier over time. From zero to six to two to one, or six months to one year. Hmm. It 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 just does leaves... that make sense? I'm I'm using a lot of words here. I'm babbling. No, no, no. The point I, is, I, is that I know what you're saying. It, yeah. Basically, from an outsider's perspective, yeah. we, we the one conclusion you could draw from this is if I'm talking to a couple, yeah, I've just met them, and they're using we for just about everything they're talking <laughs> about. There's a correlation then between that the use of that uh, what was it uh, first person. Uh, plural. plural first plural. person plural we yeah yeah um and probably a happy marriage behind it it's not it, it's not the same as saying that one causes the other good because because the experiment what that that would be interesting to me for is, me that is the the absolute question here is it is, is it causation or is it correlatory it, it in my view is it, it, it has it, to be a correlation it, because if you that's the question here is it the chi- is it it's the chicken and the egg question right are they using we because they're happy because they're satisfied to begin with or because they're using we, is that making them satisfied, contributing to the satisfaction? I would say if you're happy and you're on the same page in your relationship, you have shared goals, you have shared methods of, of getting toward those goals, everything, you want a vacation in the same spots, <laughs> then it's a we. It's auto. It's already, everything's great, of course it's a we. Yeah. I, I think it's correlation, and what would be interesting for future research is, I, I used the word experiment before, uh, but I meant intervention. To act, to to, in, you know, you could have a, a fake therapist or a real therapist encourage them to use the word "we" yeah. over time, yeah. and if it's then then you're getting to the realm of causation. Yeah. If by forcing them basically to start using "we" all the time, if that improves the relationship itself, how, how could it? It, it would could, be so, it'd be so crazy. Propaganda. You take, you take a terrible relationship, <laughs> like one that's really not working. They're yelling at each other. They hate each other. And then they start referring to themselves <laughs> as we, and a year later they're in love, and it's just you know there there are daisies growing everywhere, so then, and roses yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, then 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 you get into the, into the realm of how statistically significant is the effect? Are we talking about a point zero one percent increase in relationship satisfaction, or is it fifty percent? We would have to get in touch with yeah. the researchers in Montreal yeah. to figure that out. And I think it's too early to give people out there a tip. Like if you if you're having marital problems or relationship problems, just. Just start saying we a lot and us. Uh, if you have any tips, comments, suggestions, any other experiences with paid sick leave or with the use of the first person plural we, get in touch, su at dw.com. Science Unscripted.